0: The kingdom of heaven is like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and sowed in his field, like leaven which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. kingdom, Jesus said, is like a tiny mustard seed planted in the soil, breaking open, putting down roots, bursting up into an amazingly large and hospitable plant. Or like a modest bist of yeast mixed in with flour, to cause the whole mass of dough to rise. Small things produce impressive growth. Seems to be something of a miracle in that picture, and yet Jesus' focus is not so much on the miracle of the small becoming great, but of reminding us that even in these small things there is already implanted by God all of the things that make for that greatness. In one sense, it's, A wonder, but it's not a miracle because this is what God has designed. This is what He intends. Key though to the seed's growth is that it be in that good soil. Should have in mind the the parable from last week of the sower and the seed. The seed that doesn't get into the soil, can't get into the ground that falls on the beaten path. Well, there is no growth there. It gets down into the good soil and the good growth comes up. It needs that medium. On the one hand, all of the the mystery, all of the secrets of that life of the plant is hidden in the seed, and yet the growth comes of the interaction with that soil in which it is set. Likewise, when we look at the, the yeast, the leavening agent in the dough, well, It's got within it what it needs, but it has to interact with the other elements in the dough. Now, I recognize that gluten is an issue for some people, but when I think about making bread, I always think about how the yeast interacts with the gluten, with the salt, with the sugar, with the liquid, and produces the growth. In fact, if you're not using gluten-based flour, you have to do some other things to help all of that along. But there is something of the mystery of how that, that dough grows, how it changes in that whole process. It's a mystery. It's on one hand a wonder, but it's not miraculous in the sense that this is what God has designed to work in this way. And so we look to it and we celebrate that. But it's a picture of the kingdom. And we're reminded that the kingdom is God's gift that is to work in our lives. In and through us. Where that word of the kingdom, where that gift of the kingdom is received as in the good soil, well, there is good growth that comes. All of the mystery is there in the gift that God gives, but we need to be part of that. We need to work with it to allow that growth to happen. I said last week there was the sower and the seed, one of those parables we all know pretty well. This week we get the weeds and the wheat and the weeds. And it's, to my mind, the parable that follows on that of the sower. Remember in the sower, the seed was identified as the word of the kingdom. Always good seed needs to get into the right place. Well, here the seed is the sons of the kingdom. So presumably these are the the ones who have already received that word and it's begun its growth in them. It's begun to open up. The seed is breaking open and starting to get down the roots to do the growth upward. However, in the parable we're reminded that in the early going, much of that work is a hidden work. It's there below the soil. Often do I reflect on the way in which we are so easily impressed by the outward growth. Yet the things that really last put down good root systems. There's a lot that goes on before ever the first shoots break through the soil. I think about this whole business of the kingdom and God's kingdom at work within us. Jesus speaking with the Pharisees on occasion, pick it up in St. Luke's Gospel. They're asking for things about the kingdom and he says, the kingdom of God is not coming with signs to be observed, Nor will they say, Behold, here it is, or there. For behold, the kingdom of God is in your midst. That's the Revised Standard Version. Other translations will say the kingdom of God is within you. I think that's resisted often because of the sense that that sounds a little bit Eastern. I don't mean Eastern Catholic, I mean more the the Eastern religions. In fact, the, the Greek word that's there, entos, is more naturally translated as within, It doesn't mean that the kingdom is just in the midst of the group, but is actually at work within us as we become that good soil, as we open up our lives to what God is doing. He brings about that growth. And you think about St. Paul and words to the Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. A couple of times he speaks about our lives being temples of the Holy Spirit who dwells in you. A couple of weeks ago we had... Another bit from Romans 8, a chapter that's all about the new life that God gives us in the Spirit, the life that truly raises us from the dead, where He said, if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies also through His Spirit who dwells in you. That life at work, growing up in us as we grow up in Him. On the one hand, two weeks ago, when I was talking about things of the kingdom, I was talking about the signs that are out there that Jesus pointed to in his own ministry and in the ministry of the apostles. But he wasn't talking about the kingdom being in the signs. In fact, I had said even then that the kingdom comes in Jesus himself. It's not so much a place that we get to, it's that state of coming under God's perfect will where his will is is desired, is sought ultimately is received and accomplished. That comes perfectly in Jesus. And even when we talk about this new life that we have, this kingdom life, it is of Christ dwelling in us, of His Spirit being at work in us, opening up the seeds so that the good growth does happen, the roots going down, the plant springing up, or if you like, the yeast beginning to leaven the whole lump. Another one of those thoughts that comes again and again. Know that the Spirit is not to be at work just in kind of the spiritual part of us. Not just in our worship life in the sense of coming into church or something or specific prayer times, but in everything that we do. Leaven is to leaven the whole of the dough, the whole of the lump. Think about those words that were in our epistle today of St. Paul talking about the life of the Spirit at work in us, even forming our minds, our hearts, our desires. What is it when we don't know how to pray as we ought? The Spirit himself intercedes through us with groans or sighs too deep for words. Now, some coming from a more charismatic standpoint often think about the gift of Of being able to pray in other tongues, being able to pray in the spirit. For all of us, the sense of being guided, being shaped. If you really want to have confidence in prayer, there's that horrible idea that if you pray enough in the right way and, uh, you know, the right repetitions, if you get everything in order that you can get God to give you what you want. And too often we see that as what prayer is about, figuring out how to unlock what God will give us. But the real heart of prayer is for us as true sons and daughters to be formed in His own heart, to have real confidence in prayer. If I desire the things that God desires to give me, then of course I should expect that He will pour them out, that He will make the way, that He will work His graces. The Spirit is at work in us, teaching us how to pray. Praying through us on levels sometimes that we're not even conscious of. The more we give ourselves over to him, the more he does that. You might think, isn't prayer supposed to be a conscious thing? I mean, ought we not to be focused? Some of you will say, well, my mind drifts sometimes in prayers. Isn't that something to confess? Well, (laughs) you want to be focused. But how much goes on in your body day by day that you don't consciously order and think about? How many of you right at the moment are saying to your heart, okay, now beat, pump that blood through <laughs> through the system, that you're saying to your lungs, okay, take a breath. If you start thinking, sorry, if anybody's in trouble now because I started that and like you're suddenly aware of your tongue and suddenly you're thinking, oh my goodness, my heart is stopping because I'm not telling it to beat. But so much goes on at that deeper level and properly our, our life of prayer ought to be constantly in the Spirit in that sense of worshiping God, opening up more and more every part of who we are to Him, letting His kingdom grow in us, even as we grow up in His kingdom. I always, when I think about the Lord dwelling in us, and I think about this opening up to Him and His life at work even in our flesh, not just in the Spirit, but in every part of us, I can't help but be drawn to the Blessed Virgin Mary and to think about the one in whom we see that miracle in so tangible a way. She who has the living and eternal word dwelling in her very flesh. How does she open her life to that? Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. The prayer of our lives that we would be that good soil, that Christ would dwell in us, would grow up in us be the hidden life in us in all things, enabling us to grow up not just into a living plant, but into a a fruitful plant that would have that fruit that lasts, the eternal fruits. And there may be, should go back to the parable and think about the weeds in the wheat, that strangeness that you have the wheat that has been planted in the field, and then an enemy comes and sows weeds, and some question first of, well, how are the weeds visible? And why would there be a difficulty? The Master actually says, don't pull out the weeds. Don't try to pull them out, because in the process, you might root out the wheat as well. Weeds is the translation we're given in our lectionary. Um, other translations will say tares or darnel. In fact, the word that is there in the Greek, Zinzanion is a word that properly refers to a Darnell grass whose nickname was false wheat because in the early stages of its growth it was virtually indistinguishable from wheat. Well, how did they know that there were weeds coming up as they started to grow? Well, maybe because things were ordered in the field. In my head, when the sower went out to sow, I think about the scattering of seed. When I think about this parable and the sowing of the field, I think about sowing within the field and a more ordered growth. Granted, if you look at the Greek, it's the same verb being used, spiro, to to sow or to scatter. But there's a little more sense of the deliberate because now these are the sons of the kingdom. This is where the word has been received. Maybe the new growth was disordered. Maybe it was just too abundant for what was there. Maybe some of them looked different. But we know on the one hand that it was recognized. On the other hand, the Master said, no, let the two grow up together. And just for an aside on that, it's worth keeping in mind if you think about the parable of the sower. There were the weeds, were the thorns growing up. They needed to be pulled out because they choked the good growth. What we're seeing here is the good seed is that hardier growth already. These are weeds you've got to watch out for, but they won't destroy that growth if it grows up as it ought. When the time comes, it will be abundantly clear which is which. And that's the other part of this this darnel grass, of this false wheat, is that when it does produce the seeds, well, the grain is obvious. The wheat has the large kernels, the heavy kernels, the Darnell has these light and fluffy ones. And we know at the time of winnowing then, or the sieving through, it's easy to sort out the two. Also, my understanding is that it's important to sort out at that stage because, in fact, the Darnell is kind of a poisonous seed. It might not kill you outright, but it spoils the wheat and the flower that you might make from it. So it needs to be separated out when the time comes, but it will be. One of those words we always have to hold on to as Christians. We get frustrated sometimes with the lack of justice in the world. The last book of the Bible assures us that God will deal with all of these things in their time. You might notice even at the end of the parable that it's not just that it's rooting out the evil ones, but all the causes of sin, all the things that lead astray are to be dealt with. When the time comes, on the way it reminds us though that in the growth that we see around us, not everything that looks good is good and we need to pray for discernment. The Father saw not just a picture of the wider world, but even the church herself. And we do know that some of those who outwardly have the appearance of even leaders within the church, be they priests, bishops, cardinals, that there may be hearts underneath that are far from God. We need to be discerning in how we deal with that growth, what grows up around us and what leads us and guides us potentially astray. On the other hand, though, we need to judge with care. We need to have that patience that God has. Because often the things that don't look like such good growth at the moment are actually what will grow up to produce a very fruitful crop. Maybe some of you know about your own lives and would say, well, if you, know, if you saw me in my young days, you would have wondered, and maybe some did. And maybe at this stage you feel like for the first time you're really beginning to, to grow in the Lord and to produce something that glorifies Him. Maybe some of you are thinking even now, well, if people knew a little more of what was going on in me, they would not think so highly. But God sees our hearts. He knows what's going on in us. He has that patience and that love and that forgiveness. He wants us to be encouraging one another, to be bringing the others on. Hand in hand with that parable is that of the mustard seed that when it grows up, remember it grows to this tree-like plant that shelters the birds of the air, that becomes hospitable, that opens a way, that gathers in the lost and the broken. And we're never to forget our Lord who sought out the lost sheep until he found it and brought it home. On the one hand, the seed is God's kingdom. It's his grace at work in us. And we need that grace and we rejoice. We need to receive that seed of the kingdom. We need to work with what he gives, that that seed would be opened up, that the good fruit would grow. We also need to remember, though, that there's not a one of us who, given that grace, cannot become good growth in him. That he can forgive sin, that he... There's nothing that actually can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ if we in humility open ourselves. Mary Magdalene, we've just remembered her in the feast yesterday, a really shining example of one who was lost and found, who was delivered in Christ, who knew she had no life but in Him. Interesting that there are two other times when Jesus uses the images from those parables He speaks of the mustard seed when his disciples look for an increase of faith. He says you don't actually need that if you had as much as a mustard seed of faith. You could say to that mountain, be uprooted, cast into the sea, and it would be. It's not how much faith you have, it's where it's planted. God's grace, trusting in him. He also warns about leaven. Eleven of the Pharisees, we might understand, eleven of this world that's caught up with the outward appearance, with the outward growth, that is a self-centered thing, and we're to beware of that. But the leaven of his kingdom is to seep throughout the whole of who we are, that the whole lump might be leavened, that we might see that good growth that glorifies his name. The weeds and the wheat point us to a hope-filled future, Knowing that God in his day will clearly give us the justice, will encourage on that good fruit in that day when the kingdom full, is in full flower, in full fruitfulness of eternal fruits that will last. We're to be confident that as we give ourselves over wholly to him, his kingdom will grow up in us and produce fruit that will endure, that we might be as those who will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. He who has ears, let him hear.